I'm Becca Merkel. And we're again in the car, ready to pod the cast. <laughs> we're doing it, guys. We're doing we're it. We're doing it, and it's the morning, and I am I am not fully caffeinated just yet. I, I had two cups of coffee in my new fabulous mugs that my husband made. Now that made. you say that, I think I have had two cups of coffee also. How many does More it like take one to and be a half. fully caffeinated? I don't know, but I just don't feel like I'm there. So in the school year, I had this. I It was working really well. I don't know why I quit. I need to get back to the system. Um, but I, I cut way back on my coffee consumption. Mm-hmm. And I would have one cup in the morning. I would limit myself. One cup alone. And then, and it was pretty early because I was getting up early at that time. Like it's funny that that's hard to do, but the second cup is never as good as the first one anyway. Yeah, but but there's something about it, but you, you know, still like cut yourself like off you at one to. cup. So I'd have my one cup in the morning, and then I would have no cups of coffee all through the whole day, all through it. It got real hard around <laughs> two or three, like hard, <laughs> hard town. And then I would, what I did try, well, I'll tell you more of the theory. Then I would wait until right after dinner, and I would have two cups of black coffee right after dinner. Okay. It was really brilliant. And... <laughs> this is why. Just gave you that spark to keep going? Well, because I had this realization that I, you know, when the kids would go to school, I'm like always feeling like your work, you're like, this is my work day. I was having like a really warped perspective of my work day. Okay. For whatever false reasons, you start thinking that lunch is halftime. Lunch is not halftime. <laughs> lunch is way before halftime. It's maybe like way before halftime. One third. Yeah, and, right. And so by the time we would get, like, what I realized is I need to be thinking of three or three thirty or four as the halftime. Okay. Like this is when I pick my kids up from school. All right. Or That's the, the rest half. of my kids. Not All I right. would already have picked someone up at eleven thirty some of the time. So sure. Uh, then I think that's the halftime. Like, that's when we just got to the middle of the day. Okay. Then, if I would drink two cups of coffee after dinner, I would have... I was, like, strategically placing my second wind because... Right. What happens is if I would have all my energy work done before, like, three, it's like all we do is downhill slide until bedtime. <laughs> like, like I peak too early in the day. I'm like, I'm peaking, and by the time I'm going to bed, I'm, like, back to where I was before I, like, like I'm, and I thought, yeah. what I need to do is slow build so that the peak is at, like, eight. Because yeah. I was like, because if we peak then, we can shut it down and go to bed. <laughs> and then when I get up early the next day, it's like a nice thing to get up to. Like, right. you're like, okay, I'm doing good. I'm going to read right. my Bible. I'm not feeling behind on everything. It's not yeah. like, but what was happening is I was wasting all of my caffeine second winds in the too early right. peak. I was right. like, oh. Rachel, stop this nonsense of having a moment in the day where you're like, yes, I'm on top of it, but it's so far gone by the time Luke gets home. Right. I'm like, whoa, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm like, can't even see my way through to the end of the dishes right now. <laughs> and even though you had a moment where you thought you were conquering everything. Yeah. So I started trying that and it was actually really, it was like, I remember you had a big breakthrough about it. I did. And it was a whole season of where I was trying to just like 
look at my rhythms of life. Like, how can yeah. I change certain rhythms to just be more functional? Well, because see, I can't, I can't add more energy to the day. That's the thing. I like this idea, except for I'm in such a different phase from you that I just don't know that it would work in the same way. Because I remember when I had five little tots where life was so crazy busy. I would, I mean, but in the, in the five little kids busy, mm-hmm. I would hit this moment where I would sit down at the dinner table mm. for dinner and it was And you're like, gone. You're like, knock me out. It was like, like I, I, I got mm-hmm. pulled because it's the first time I sat down all stupid day. Yes. And, and you so, sit down and then you're like, and food. <laughs> it's like, it's over now, folks. It's over. Like I, whatever I did today. That was in the past. Yeah, because, because for now lunch, I quit. You probably yeah. ate like the the crust off of somebody's PBJ. Maybe and if kept you were running. lucky. If you were lucky, you got that. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then we had this. The part of the problem with this this system, I realized, is that the part of the problem with thinking of lunch as halftime of the day and yeah. all of this is that you don't take breaks. And, the, and you really should. If your work day is going from 5.45 to 10.30, there should be a break in there somewhere, right? But there's no <laughs> natural breaks because people are about right. the whole time. Are you so, telling me Are you telling me that you get up at 5.45? Not right now. In the summer, we're staggering around out of, like, because we keep accidentally staying up until way too late. Not just, <laughs> it's like our kids are going to bed at, like, 10.30. We live here in the land of the midnight sun. In the summer, we're, because we're so far north, we have, the sunrise is really early and the sunset is really late. Yeah. So, you realize it's like, oh no, school's coming. We have to try to get back right. onto a reasonable right. schedule. So no, but I have been, I tend to, if I wake up that early, I'm actually way more awake than if I wake up at like seven. It's like my sleep cycle sure. or whatever. So, but it does, I do way better at getting up early when the house is clean because then I want to get up and yeah. go sit in it and enjoy my moment of That's reading a, my Bible. That's if I'm behind, win. if I'm behind on like, oh shoot, I probably didn't do a good job of the dishes, or there's probably some uh-huh. substantial issues out there in the house. I don't <laughs> want to get up and see them yet. I'm like, I'm like, no, tell me no, it didn't start yet. I'm yeah. not ready. So this is my system for when I'm on top of it, more yeah. than when I'm survival. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, good. but the thing is, is the break, I would make myself sit down, put my feet up, read read my Bible in the morning sometime, or in the afternoon if I didn't get to it, and then... But around two, I would try to make myself sit down and just read or take a minute to, like, mm-hmm. be chill. Yeah. And incidentally, I will say, not looking at my phone. Because you think that you're getting some kind of a break doing that, but it's not actually one. It's like yeah. a weird thing that you go to thinking you're going to have a break, but it isn't no. really. It does not no. make you feel calmer. No. It doesn't do that. So I try to take a little break around two so that by the time I pick up the kids, I'm not like, ta- like I'm not yeah. like so tired when they're coming home. Right. Cause you can, I don't know. This is, it was a helpful time though, because I realized that the best of all possible times for me to have a major second wind is right after dinner when I'm like, okay, we're like getting ready for the next day. I'm like get like yeah. making sure I'm on top of the laundry for uniforms and everything and that's good. Strategy. Strategy is everything. I was realizing whenever your solutions for your problems in your house come down to work a ton more and have a ton more time, I'm like, <laughs> that means that it's not really a solution because I am actually... Or, or if it involves 
be a different kind of person. Just kind of change yourself, <laughs> change everything about yourself. And like, maybe what you could do to get on top of this laundry problem is not have your problems that you yeah. currently have. You know, Just like be my friend. If only I was yeah, my friend. What if I was not me? That would save, save would us all kinds awesome. of trouble. Well, anyways, the point is when I realize I'm up against that kind of thing, I'm like, I actually am working hard all day. I actually am, you know, I was I, like, maybe what I need to do is evaluate some of my actual habits and systems that are like, idea. I'm like, there are things you can do that make a very big difference. And for me, drinking coffee was a very weird linchpin yeah. in the whole, like it changed the, the flow uh-huh. of the whole day. Well, I need to find my magic bullet because right now we're in the last couple of weeks before New St. Andrews starts up, at which point I have a ridiculous load of entertaining that I'm going to need to be doing. And currently my house Mm -hmm. is... And folks, her tap dance routine is not ready yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my word. Can you even imagine <laughs> me tap dancing? It's ha the ha, I'm too no, funny. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes, you know, the, um, I need to find one of those treadmill fail videos because. Oh, that's always a cheerful where thing. Where somebody's yeah. like running way too fast right at the very last end of it before, <laughs> before they spring off the back. And I'm still, I'm still on that treadmill, and I'm running hard. But I'm you're like, like at the part where they're I'm at that where back. they're running so fast, their sweatpants are falling down. <laughs> That's right mean. before they bite it was, all the way. I was telling Ben yesterday. I'm like, whoa! I didn't even like. I didn't do anything that wasn't just full throttle work. I was like, I didn't call Rachel, partly because you were at the lake. Slacker, slacker, didn't even even call me yesterday. I didn't look at Facebook. I didn't, I mean, it was just sort of like, I didn't because I was just running like the wind at the back of the treadmill. Yeah. In a kind of a not graceful (laughs) manner. But actually you didn't just not call me. You didn't respond to my text about the chairs I wanted you to get off of Craigslist. I bought the chairs. Yeah, but you wouldn't respond to me about how they were. You acted on the purchase. That's because here's the, the thing. Here's the thing. My front porch. You knew that I would catch up on it and find out another time. My front porch is a fabulous front porch, but it is big and it's a wraparound. And we're doing so much ridiculous construction in the house that we have to store things on the porch, which makes us look like the weirdest yard sale right now. And then Rachel calls <laughs> Don't me. Don't worry, and is like, I find her more things to put in her weird like, yard Quick, sale. Quick, here's some good chairs on Craigslist, and they were. They were great chairs on Craigslist, so I bought them quickly. They were great, and they would fit into your yes, recently to-be-remodeled front I know, but the problem room. is, now they're on my front porch. and But just think how great it will be when you're like, today, I need a chair in this room. Let's take these off I know, the front porch. But today, I'm probably going to have to move all the rest of my furniture onto the front porch because we are trying to refinish the floors, and I have a dinner party next Friday at my house. So the question is, can I, and it's probably dinner for 40, 45 people maybe. And so it's a, do I try to have the floors refinished and dry and the, and the stuff moved back in. But I also, I still have to paint one room. I have to finish caulking. Well, first I have to finish hanging the trim, then finish caulking, then paint the front room. I need to redo the stairwell. It's all very tense. Plus. We um, just last night finished laying down an oak floor at Ben's office. Oh, I'm glad you finished that. Well, tonight we sand it because yeah. it's... So what happened was... At dawn, I think we I ride. This, at I, dawn, dawn, we ride the sander. 
<laughs> well, it's actually at dusk we ride because we can't do it. There's a restaurant right below, so we can't really do it while the restaurant is trying to operate. And you also don't really want to do that to the secretaries. I mean, it's rude. So anyway, we... Um, so definitely midnight. I think I talked about this in the episode that got censored by Providence. Yeah. Um, the, we took up some ugly industrial carpet in his office. And it all started because he built some really cool bookcases to put in his office because they were weird, mismatchy things. So he built these shelves, and I was like, hey, we should just refinish the floor. Are they still the on floor. your front porch? Or did no, you? no, They're... they are now in the office. But they were on the front porch. Are they painted or stained? They're going to be stained. They're okay. not yet. But um, anyway, so we, we took out this hideous carpet, and we checked. And under the carpet was old oak, narrow oak floors, narrow boards. So we mm-hmm. peel everything up and discover, oh my word, along two walls, there's not oak. It's like a two foot swath that is not oak. Right. We actually checked the one corner in the room that had oak under it. <laughs> so anyway, at that point you're committed. So then it's this big long thing of trying to source wood to patch but, in. As soon as we find it, that was a long drama. I finally found it. It's quarter sawn, one and a half inch red oak, blah, blah, blah. It's very narrow and very thin. And so, anyway, we get it, and I'm thinking, oh, we'll just weave it in. And suddenly, it was like, actually, we have to take... Using our old potholder skills, we'll just weave <laughs> in... the wood floor well, in. Well, but I was thinking we would patch it, sort of. But, yeah. you know, like, but you don't want a big seam. So, I'm like, we'll just, you know, yeah. kind of take out the last board in each row. Yeah. Well, you can't do that, because the way it goes, we had to take up the entire floor, and then lay the entire floor back down, interlacing the new wood with the old wood. Right. Anyway... That was a long stretch of time where my iPhone stopped recognizing my thumbprint. <laughs> because That'll like, tell you when you've been working hard. Well, I have like, no thumbprint. I have no thumbprint. My hands are covered in caulk and just, it's disgusting. Anyway, there's a lot of construction dust in my life and I've been making good friends with the chop saw and the nail gun. Nice. So, anyway. So you're coming to the end of I'm going to caulk. Yeah. I'm going to refinish. I'm going to, it's a lot of... So what, are, what have you been on the larger scheme, not our our frantic projects or right. caffeine rhythms? No. What have we been thinking about? Well, you told me you had something, but you haven't oh, told right. me what it you're is. You're right. I didn't. Well, because then what happens is we talk about it and then yeah. we feel like we've yeah. covered it on the podcast. We have to keep it secret from one another. No, I had a thought because this has been something relevant in our community and in our life and other places, things we've been talking about. And, and then on the podcast, we've covered a lot of times confrontation or rebuke or receiving rebuke or whatever all of this and you and don't feel like we're harping on that too much no because I actually just thought that we don't have to talk about this a long time it's just something that struck me that I was like wait hang on so one of the things that I hear often is people kind of saying or in essence they might not be they not, might not be actually meaning this exact thing okay. but what they're saying is um, kind of like, I just love a friend who's in sin and hope that the Holy Spirit will do the work. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just love them. and, and Instead of thinking, I am my God's love. messenger? Well, well, right, because saying I'm God's messenger sounds very arrogant. arrogant. And what struck me, though, is that the fact that the way God, that God says that his, that the Spirit accompanies his word. And I was realizing that this is the thing. If you're confronting someone because you're like, because if you're like, Becca, you hurt my feelings because the way I just feel 
is that what you said just kind of slighted me or whatever. Well, the Holy Spirit's not in that rebuke because it's not God's word. It's (laughs) not, do you know what I mean? Like, why would the Holy Spirit accompany my expression of my feelings? Because my feelings, as it happens, are not the word of God. (laughs) So, like, it's like, well, that's a thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, confronting like that is not doing anything but laying a weird emotional human burden on yeah. people right? right it's like saying right and and so if we act like say someone fell into real grievous sin and we act like it's arrogant to be god's messenger in this in like like well mm-hmm. if you just say this we're acting like it's a personal feeling expression right that we're trying to put on top of them like it's too subjective to say that drunkenness is a sin. it's like well that's just why would you just bring your own emotions into this situation it's obviously so full of someone who's hurt or grieving or whatever yeah. and we're saying that a confrontation is too much to add to this human problem like right. they're having a problem and but but then you say well what if we're what if the real arrogance isn't acting like we're going to handle it with our love rather than we're going to bring the like by declaring God's word to someone, we are actually inviting the Holy Spirit into the situation. Like we're basically right. saying, I am not sufficient to deal with this. You know what I mean? Like I don't right. think that I can pick apart your abuse in your past with your trouble right now with your drunkenness and fornicating. Like I don't think that I could be wise enough to pick this apart. But you know who can handle this? The Holy Spirit. Right. So the way that I can bring the Holy Spirit and to the situation. Conveniently, he wrote a book. Right. And <laughs> and promises that the spirit is present in the word. Like right. that the word of God is not a it's not not living. It's not right. like it's not like a weird recitation of a law violation. Right. It's not that. And so even if you're saying uh, it just was striking me that 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 people keep defining it like I don't confront. I just let the Holy Spirit do his work. Like mm-hmm. as though confrontation and the Holy Spirit do not belong together. And when I say confrontation, I'm not, I'm, it can be very gentle. It can be very yeah. loving and very yeah. kind. Yeah. But, but the point is still that when you're declaring, no, you can't do that because this is God's word mm-hmm. because God said no, you mm-hmm. know, like, and let me show you God's word. Then right. what you're actually doing is lifting the entire situation to God right. and saying, like, I, I am doing my meager part by, by bringing God's word into the situation. Right. But God, thankfully, is in his word. Well, one other aspect of this that I was talking about this with Ben, um, and he was pointing out when it comes to the, the question of having to say, look, this person is out of line. It's like what we were talking about last week where at a certain point you have to say I'm sorry, I'm not going to be chums yeah, with you. You're not you're not cool. in the same no. way that yeah. we used to be. Um so when you hit that point, he was saying, you know the big thing that I think Christians <laughs> you may have unchummed about, someone on unch- Facebook. <laughs> we're not going to be chums. I may have to unchum you. Um the thing is is he was pointing out I think one place where Christians get really hung up and it's funny because it's so obvious but it's also so very difficult is that there is a difference between what people think of you and what God thinks of you you're like oh snap oh snap (laughs) those are two different things and so it's like God knows your intentions God knows that you're trying to be obedient or God knows that you are being a little bossy boots going around trying to um 
be the police chief. I mean, that's no, actually, like you're having the heart of a meter maid. Actually, you're having the heart of a, I yeah, would love to write you a ticket I'd like right to now. Write tickets. And that's the spirit of accusation. Like that's, might have said that's this, the wrong spirit. Yeah, and the Bible talks yeah. about that too. And and one of the things I may have said this before on the podcast, I don't know, but one of the things that is outlawed at our house is being a police chief. Oh yeah, it's like you may we not. We call it we call it the boss and block or the sheriff. Like no sheriffing, no sheriffing. Oh, you we say you sheriff. may not be the police chief. Like, it's like it are is you not, the sheriff? <laughs> it is not your business to go around being the enforcer. Yeah, no. you know. So so the thing is, especially because sometimes they really when their heart wants to do that, they they are enforcing like like real specialty laws like they're they're often they're often not even the big you know like the main laws of the household it's not like hey you shouldn't lie no it's more like it's more like on tuesday dad said that we couldn't get in the back seat if we didn't sit in the right seat right by the window when you like were you like what was that about like is that actually one of the family laws or was it one time that dad said scoot all the way to the window please yeah you know or or the like but when we're doing the dishes and someone has to go to the bathroom but it's their turn to sweep like if you've been in the bathroom for more than four minutes when we've all been told to clean up then yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's the police chief. Oh, my word. We're like, who made you the sheriff? Yeah. Remember, yeah. Yeah, mom and dad would say, who died and left you king? Yeah. But it's like, the thing is, that's just wrongheaded. And that's something that we actually, for the whole time our kids were little, that's something we disciplined for. It's like, you may not be the tail bearer. You no, may not be no. the police chief. Ain't However. Nobody got time to have anyone like that around. But the, the, the thing is, though. On the other side, on the flip side of it, God sees your heart if you're that person. If, yeah. And, and, and he sees and it. He and is, hopefully. He is as undelighted by that as we are by it in our children. <laughs> right. So, so there's that. But on the other side, if everyone that you know says, I can't believe you're being so mean to that person. It's yeah. like, well, you know, a lot of times you have to just honestly offer it up to God and say, God, I'm trying to please you. And if it displeases all of my friends and acquaintances on the interwebs, I still have to do what will please you. And and you have to be able to discern the difference between what the people think and what God thinks. Because yeah. ultimately, you really only should care and many of what God's, God thinks. And many of God's great heroes were not well regarded by no, the people in their time. Almost never. But the other thing is this this is one that comes up when the discussion is this. It's like, well, Jesus hung out with tax collectors yeah. and sinners. Didn't he though? And the point here is Strangely, so, his hanging out with them changed them yeah. from tax collectors and yeah. sinners to something else. Right. It's like yeah. I don't think Mary Magdalene was still continuing on hanging out in the red light district anymore after yeah. she became No, she actually was a different one person of Christ's than, followers. Yeah, yeah. It's like him him uh, being with them transformed them, brought them out of the sin. He didn't go just like, you know, be with them in it, hang out in the brothels all the time. Like that's not quite how that worked. Um, and no, so the fact that they that they were transformed, they were changed, they were brought out of it. That's what it should look like when you befriend sinners. Yes, like it should be more like throwing a um, 
one little buoy, a life, a life, what are they called? Life preserver. Yeah. A li- off the boat and hauling right. someone in. Like, and again, like, what are you doing having contact with that but person? But when it's they like, well, are, hauling them in is When they I'm are doing. unbelievers, that's different. We're talking about, so the, so the big question is, which direction is this person headed? Because if they are a pagan and they're lost and they're sad, you meet them and you try and bring them this direction. But then there's the people who are in the church who are on their way out. They're the people going the wrong way down the road. Yeah. And you can't go with them that direction. Yeah. No. You can bring, you know, like it's, there's only one way that you're allowed to travel on this road. (laughs) Yes. And, um, so it's the, it's just the question of which, which, uh, what's the trajectory on this person? Yeah. And who are you, if you're measuring your, obedience to God by how other people think you're doing. Yep. Then something is wrong. It needs to be a more a more checking with the Lord how he feels about yeah. what what you are doing. Yeah. And I think if there's you know, there's so much scope for everyone to get better at this. Like and one of the things I just want to say it, I'm I'm one of the reasons that this was on my mind about the Holy Spirit being in his word is that this is something that is really sad in our current times, and actually this is something else I've been working on. We're, we're working on a Bible reading challenge for our Ladies Fellowship um, group. And any of you people everywhere are going to be invited to join it in August sometime. We'll tell you more about it. But the point is, starting in September, we're going to just read the whole Bible together from September to May. On a, and it's going to be great. But part of this is that here we have... All of this very specific. I mean, like like you said, he gave us his word. We have all of this. And we act like that's like only for emergency situations or something. Like, <laughs> when you'll go to the, you'll flip to the back and find out. Oh, you're like, dang it, I'll look up forgiveness in the concordance. Yeah, or yeah. I'll look up the gratitude verses that are listed in the back. Yeah, I'll just Google that up and see if anyone made a Pinterest printable of some joy, <laughs> joy verses. That's what I'm looking for. They're probably I'm made up. Some, I'm missing some joy. They may be C.S. Lewis quotes he never said. <laughs> I see a lot of uh, C.S. Lewis there quotes. There are some and I'm amazing like, Apparently, ones. I know his voice well enough like, to know what he did yeah, not say. He didn't say, believe in yourself and chase your dreams. No, sometimes I see ones that's like, dear mama, at home with your little kids, you're doing the most important job. C.S. Lewis. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like um, no, he didn't. He did not say that thing. C.S. Lewis never wrote that thing. He talked about mothers, but he didn't say it like that. He didn't say a thing like that. Not ever. No. Not any time. So, anyways, my point is, you're looking for that kind of encouragement. Or looking for someone, like, a real tendency is to want to find a Christian woman who you believe is closer to the Lord than you are. And wait for her to tell you what to do. Like, wait for her. <laughs> you like, wait for her to. Her. Yeah, you're like, why don't you filter the word of God for me and, and then encourage me in your print, Pinterest printables or your Instagram <laughs> account or something. And it's like, but this is one of the awesome things about Christians is that we all, like, this is one of the wonderful things about the Reformation that we believe that you have direct access to yeah. Christ. To, you know, like, you have him that. interceding for you. You have the word of God. And this is You why, can read it. This is why Christians have always been involved in education. It's like, and get learn to those read. people to read. Get those people to read. Why? Because then they won't need anyone else to tell them what God said. <laughs> like, this is one of the things. And then, and the interesting thing is, is we had, like, back before the Reformation, you had all these people 
who had no access, like zero access to the word of God. And they could only go to church where the service would be in Latin. So they couldn't understand it anyways. So their access, even, even when they would be with someone who had a Bible and could read the Bible, then they would only read it in a language that they didn't understand. And so you had all these people starving for the word of God. And then when they got their Bibles, it's like the whole world changed. Yep. Right? They're like, now we're reading our Bibles and everything's and now, everything's different. And now what we have... We have Bibles is, in no, our pockets. We have voluntary famine. Yep. We have yep. a bumper crop of Bibles. Like, we have Bibles everywhere. They are in your pocket. They are audio for free. They are everywhere. Like, many different versions. And we have a lot of people not reading them. No. Nope. And then being like... Like, man, I just really wish that there was something to encourage me. <laughs> like, what, wouldn't that be good if someone thought of a way? But what if someone had thought of a way to tell me how to live? Yeah, wouldn't like, that be cool? I wish someone would do that. It's and like, it's amazing to me how often just the Psalms, like just reading the prayers of someone who lived on the other side of the world, millennia ago mm-hmm. how relevant those are like when you just like yeah. just praying the psalms can be so transformative like really yes. amazing where you're like yeah. how did he put his no, finger it reminds on me it of that. so it well it reminds me of that um the verse no I don't even know where it's from because I keep thinking of it. it's a Kuiper Kuiper book title but draw near unto God and he will draw near unto you okay. it's like here we have his word how do you draw near unto God you mm-hmm. read his word, you pray, you draw near to him. And what happens? He draws near to you. Like, you're like, this well, is an or, amazing... Or you pray. Like, let's say you're you're struggling, you're in a hard time of some sort. And, and of course, that's when we discover that we really pray a lot, right? Mm-hmm. When everything's going well. Because it's, it's heavy. It's on yeah, your mind all the time. It's on your yeah. mind, and you're, you're in prayer. But you're, you're wanting God to show you, to to give you something to teach you something to and and we always want it to be some kind of miraculous I just felt it in my spirit but it's like you know what if you want a conversation with somebody you can't be the only one who talks you also have to listen to the other person so Mm -hmm. listen to him like here's what he says to you go ahead (laughs) and listen to it and then and then you can tell him your problems and then listen to what he has to say and the thing that's interesting is the more you do that, it, it will shape your prayers. It, yeah. It helps you to know what to ask. No, and you see that it's actually affecting very real change in your life that you're trying to, that you're right. working on this right. conversation, that you're doing this. Mm-hmm. I um, One thing that I have realized that is a tendency for me and I need to be better at it is that your actual day may not feel very prayer worthy like your actual concerns like yeah we have big concerns but what if my actual day concern is really like I'm really working hard to try to get this laundry done and the floor mopped it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that you are it just feels like you wouldn't fire that out on the prayer request chain you know what I mean you wouldn't be like I need you to lift me up today that I'll get the laundry done. It seems kind of like, yeah, it's kind of a... A little bit petty? It feels a little bit petty. A little Mm -hmm. bit. But one of the things that I have found is that when I actually do pray about those things, when I actually am like, Lord, I'm trying to be faithful today. 
I yeah. want to get this done. I want my, you know, like this is, this is yeah. what I have. Like, would you provide the energy and the, like, like, would you help me uh-huh. make this all happen? Right. Like these, whatever oddball list of things I have that day that I was trying to get done or, you know, like this uh-huh. is important. And one of the most remarkable things when you said listening for God's answers is that it's amazing how when you take that kind of thing to the Lord, it shapes your own behavior because you're saying, I'm asking God to provide me the energy to do this. So when you're actually doing that, you focus on the work and you notice how much he is providing you the energy to do it. Like you are aware of it. And I know that that sounds very, that sounds petty, but if you're praying, God, help me get this, whatever stuff done, then you don't go sit down and start doodling around on the internet <laughs> looking for new organizational methods. But right, you're like thing. I'm praying for the energy, so now I see God giving it to me and it's very funny sometimes how that is done. You're like, but, "Oh." But here's the hmm. thing though. The um the feeling that something's too petty to ask God about. Um well, it is true that we can be very petty people. That is possible to be too <laughs> petty. But I just mean like when, when it's something that's a legitimate concern, but it feels too small to bother God with, it's like remembering that his infinity, like we always think he's infinitely big, but, but that actually means he's so big that he's in all the little things. He can become like he's infinite all the way down to the tiniest details. Well, like, and he makes that clear with like not a hair on your head is not known. So it's like, well, his eye is on the sparrow. Yeah, you're like, well, clearly he does know about this thing. Right. And I've also found sometimes people just feel distant from God, but like, I, I have weird examples, but like my my um, sister-in-law mentioned it. She was like, no, it's like when I go to Goodwill and I'm like looking for clothes for my kids and you find a big, you know, there's like tons of Bowdoin things in the size for a child. She's like, that you needed something for. She said she just has this overwhelming feeling that God loves her. Yeah. Like that it's just like God is just providing something that he knows for whatever reason. It's not that we couldn't have bought clothes some other way or that we couldn't have. It's that God is just showing his love in this Mm -hmm. very small place. And because of that, it's something that I will tell people sometimes is try praying about little things like Lord provide for me to find a winter coat for this child or help me to find a birthday gift that would really bless this child or help me like whatever like Lord you know I love them and I want them to feel that love and I Mm -hmm. want this like like you know whatever petty thing one of the most remarkable things about that is that you when God answers those prayers when he gives you things like and which he does and he he answers the prayers in all kinds of different ways, but where you feel his very active presence in what you're dealing with. It's like one of the things that you do not struggle with at a time like that is like discontent. Right. Like like being like, eh, why didn't I have money? Like here I'm praying that the (laughs) Lord will help me find snow boots for someone. And I find snow boots for someone. And you don't feel at that moment like this is not nice that you couldn't just order some brand new ones from somewhere <laughs> or that you couldn't, you know what I'm like? Because what you see, what you feel is such a personal relationship with the father helping you provide right. and doing all this. Anyways, it's just right. an encouragement to pray through yeah. small details. And it also brings to mind, doesn't it? When you want to go to God with a request and you suddenly feel like, ah, 
I should repent of a few things. Oh my word! Because if you're actually gonna, <laughs> if you're actually praying like on that level, you're noticing also the you're petty like, details of that level. Like, like but ah. did I just snap at all the children? When you're like, Lord, you know I love them. Mm. <laughs> like you also know that just now I was fed up with them, and so I'm gonna get that and right real quick, and I'll be back. I'll be I back. Was just sarcastic to my husband. It may have happened. <laughs> Let me, so, let me go fix that, and I'll a, be back, Lord, to talk yeah. about the help I need. Like, <laughs> it, is, it is a good prompt. To it keep, is. To keep short accounts. It's just like, be talking to God. You know, it's like, he's there. So, what is that great? He is there, and he is not silent. Yes, <laughs> right. Okay, so I just read a book that I totally would recommend, because I think I'd read it as a child, and reading it as an adult, I was like tearing up the whole way through it. I was like, I don't remember this being this emotional of a book. Um, it's God's Smuggler with Brother Andrew oh, in yeah. that one. Uh-huh. And this ties in with both of the things that we were talking about. One, the love of the Word of God. When you are reading about, he was a, he smuggled Bibles into countries uh, behind the Iron Curtain, so right. the communist countries, right. who where people were not having access to the Word of God, didn't have their Bibles, they had all these, you know, it was really mm-hmm. tragic. And all these stories of him bringing Bibles to people who were, like, so desperate yeah. for the Word of God. And, right. like, it, and it gives you that, like, right. woo, this and is more intense. And throw in here, too, though, is that um, reading biographies no, of, so of the great saints of the past is so good because it either makes you grateful and it puts your own little problems into perspective Mm -hmm. or if you actually have the big gun problems it's encouraging you're like well look at these awesome people that did this look at this this is it so either way it's encouraging it's like it makes you grateful i will tell you something that something that strikes me i just asked grandpa our grandpa has given away missionary biographies for it's like a real thing and i realize he gives them to people all the time like, yeah. he used to give them to, like, the waitress at Pizza Hut. Yeah, oh, yeah. like, hi, here's your missionary biography. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I think I just so accepted the fact that he gave away missionary biographies. I never asked him why he did. Like, yeah. like what's your reasoning here? Um, and I loved what he said, which he said that when he became a Christian, that he was, there was some passage that he had read about imitate me or, you know, it was like, do, it was basically like imitate my life. Yeah. As I, I will show you. And he was saying he didn't know any Christians that he could imitate. He didn't have, yeah. and he said, so he realized that it was like a breakthrough for him that he realized he could imitate Christians who were dead. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to be, yeah. they didn't have to be a neighbor. Yeah, he could exactly. imitate Christians who were, who were walking by faith a long time ago. So he started reading them. But the thing that I, it struck me lately, this is why I was asking him about it, is I said, you know, I read these and I'm like, it's not my situation. It's not my country. It's not my personality. It's not my right. problems. And I'm like, right. but it is my God. Right. And he's the same. And it shows you different. It shows God's like when someone writes this whole account of their horrible trial and how God delivered them, that we do see a different side of our father. And right. he is the same. Like we're yeah. seeing what we're learning more and more about right. him. And, um, well, one of the things tying us back to prayer and why I brought up, God smuggler is that there was a great story in there where he says he had learned from another missionary. Like he had learned from someone that he heard that, that a technique that was called praying through or something. Mm -hmm. And he said he had like a decision to make and he didn't know what to do about it. And he kept not feeling like he was getting any clear guidance. So 
he remembered what another missionary had said about go just pray it through which is pray until you have an answer like so he sure. went off somewhere and just prayed and just kept praying and I until he felt like he had a clear answer and for him it was him trying to decide to go back to the mission field and he had like a serious or go into the mission field he had like a major ankle problem because he was shot in the ankle so he he used to be fast running and stuff whatever it was in a lot of pain but he was out on a I feel like it was a dike it was in Holland he was out somewhere praying for several hours and then he realized he needed to just say Lord I'm going you know what I mean like I'm I'm going Lord and this is my first step in going where you want me and he took a step and his ankle cracked really loudly <laughs> and he thought that he was like oh no like I ruined it forever like he took it was like Lord watch me take my first step I'm going I'm going to the mission field and his ankle cracks like crazy and then like it actually fixed it oh, like fine. it cracked and he said and then like the next day like some the incision started healing that had never healed and like a random wow I feel like there was some piece of metal in there or something that like worked its way out all of a sudden like all of a sudden this ongoing problem that he was yeah. like it was like God just affirming yes I accept that right. step you're going the right way yeah. anyways I love that but my point is definitely read yeah. read these old saints because you find so many things that are so applicable you see yeah. their faith in praying you see their like how God delivered them or how he used a trial to yeah. to do great things with it like yeah. such that later so, they accept the trial as one of the great gifts that God yeah. gave them. Right. So it's that maybe we're running out of time. So one tip, read the Bible and read the biographies of the saints. Yes. To be greatly encouraged. Yeah. And yeah. Also, we said we we're going to talk about something about girls and makeup this week. You had something to talk about about that. Oh, you're right. We're going to have to put that off. We'll put off girls and makeup, and we'll put off my other... I don't other... know what you're going to say. I'm interested now. Uh, I was going to tell about a funny... I, I have two opposite... My oldest two are, like, opposite lands. I feel like I am uh, have, you know, like, one who probably can't wait to wear heels and makeup, and she does curl her hair all the time now. She curls mm -hmm. her hair a lot, and the other who's, like, ponytails forever. <laughs> I hate makeup. Yeah. Nobody should wear makeup. We hate it. And and the two of them together, it's a very funny thing, parenting b both directions <laughs> on that. And uh, I was just going to say that I had had that. That was just a funny, I'm like, like nope, you're going to wear makeup. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> and I like, and the more that I see you just accepting that without trouble, the less I care whether or not you're wearing makeup. Yeah. It's like good mothers make their daughters be comfortable being beautiful uh -huh. and you will be comfortable being beautiful. And I don't care. So I bought her like three, three, uh, the thing is she it's doesn't helpful that she is beautiful. She is beautiful. And I told her, I'm like, I bought her like three very chill makeup items, yeah. like, like lip gloss and a really pale blush. And then there's mascara. And I'm like, you pick one, you have to yeah. wear one, like to church or something, you yeah. know, like, I'm, and, mm -hmm. and at first it was like the funniest, like, I'm like, I'm sorry, like, this is the way it's going to be. Like, let your mother be a good mother and deal with yeah. it. And I was like, and I actually don't care. I don't care if you're wearing a hair, your hair in a ponytail and not wearing makeup a lot of the time. You just have to be comfortable. I have to know that this is not a weird yeah. spiritual problem. Like, yeah. that this is not a weird resistance to be, like, because yeah. it was a little bit. And then my other daughter, who's, like, just totally 
could we have like a limit on how many accessories you're allowed to wear <laughs> we're like we're like we're, <clears throat> we're like three you can wear three items like it can be earrings yeah. and a necklace and a bracelet but it can't be a 12 stack of bracelets and a ring and earrings and a <laughs> necklace and an ankle bracelet that's not on the table that's, that's one of the non-options yeah. so we have that and I told her though as we were talking about it I said you know what we want for you is say like it's a good impulse that you want to say the metaphor here for this is to bake really beautiful cakes like you right. want to make beautiful cakes that's a good impulse we want to help you get there like we agree yeah. but but what we won't allow is for you to buy a hostess cupcake squeeze fluorescent <laughs> frosting on it and edible glitter and call that a really well-made cake and some more sprinkles and then say like look at this beautiful cake that i made we yeah. said that's not a beautiful cake so we had this whole it was like you have to understand that what your dad and i want for you is a lot better than this yeah. like we're not asking for less we want yeah. more and you right. have to spend a long time learning to beat an egg together with yeah. the sugar before yeah. we move into edible glitters and gold foil <laughs> things and and like before we get to all the frosting yeah. Yeah. We need to know that you can make a good cake. Exactly. Like, we're going to do that. Anyways, it's very, it's a very funny, it's funny because that's the conversation with one and then the other one's like, uh, 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 like, arrested like frosting. Like, and I'm like, no, on the other hand, you will bake a cake. You will be a cake. I like it being like, no more than three, no less than one. Accessories. No, it's hysterical. <laughs> I feel like we're shooting from the hip in every direction. Yeah. Like, one is like, yeah. stop with the bracelets and the yeah. other one is start with the... Yeah. Start with the chapstick, the yeah. lipstick. And like it's not even. It's like that's a clear funny. shine, that's and it's still so against the grain. Yeah, that's funny. Anyways, it's a very fun age. They're, they've they've been very sweet that's about awesome. it. But, but look at how much time we've taken up. We just like blowing the day. But right. we can come back to that later. Right. We'll talk to you all another time. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.